Hey everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale and on today's edition we welcome the Athletics' very own Patrick Mooney. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. No problem. Thanks for having me, Anthony. So I want to start with, with your career. How long have you been with the Cubs? Uh, I started covering the Cubs in 2010, which I think is about five managers ago and two front offices ago. Um, so I started with what was then known as Comcast Sportsnet uh, Chicago, and since the beginning of last year, uh, I've been with The Athletic, their kind of Chicago outfit, uh, as well as their national MLB desk. And how did you make that transition from now NBC Sports Chicago to The Athletic? Uh, I was actually uh, fortunate uh, in terms of timing that uh, NBC uh, was kind of going uh, in a direction and my contract was uh, coming up and they were restructuring uh, several elements uh, of their business. So I was kind of about to become a free agent right as The Athletic uh, was expanding. Uh, and I was you know, real friendly with John Greenberg. Uh, I had a friendly competition with Sahadev Sharma. Uh, I knew Lauren Commodore uh, and kind of Scott Powers from back in the day. Um, so I knew kind of what they were doing, uh, and I was very interested, and they uh, made a very uh, aggressive, generous offer and you know brought me on board. Uh, they had just hired Ken Rosenthal a couple months earlier and were looking to expand, so I was just really uh, lucky to land uh, at a place that really values um, – original reporting, you know, breaking news uh, analysis, and has a really kind of interesting uh, business model. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I'm a big fan of the type of work that you guys do. And my, my question now is through your 9- to 10-year career covering the Cubs, what's been the best part? <clears throat> I'm just very fortunate to work, uh, as you know, in a market that's very passionate, uh, about sports in general and the Cubs in particular. And, you know, just kind of going to work knowing that people uh, will be interested uh, in what you have to say and also knowing that there's a lot of competition uh, on the beat as well. So you kind of have to be on top of your game. You can't really um, relax too much. And I think it's just the fact that the Cubs are kind of this three-ring circus that there's – it's not just covering uh, a straight baseball team. Uh, it's multifaceted. Um, it's something new almost uh, every day. And to see kind of the end of the Jim Hendry era and beginning of Theo's regime and Joe Madden and all these players coming up at once is certainly – uh, a privilege to cover a team with such a huge following. And that team we're talking about comes off of a weekend sweep over the Milwaukee Brewers <clears throat> and now will host the A's this week. But over the weekend, they did lose their starting catcher, all-star catcher, Wilson Contreras, to a hamstring injury. Do you have any update on Contreras? Uh, I would say on Monday, he's supposed to be uh, he's scheduled to get 
an MRI that will determine the extent of his injury. Obviously, he's on the injured list for at least 10 days, but I think even the uh, most optimistic timeline would have him missing uh, at least a couple weeks. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how the Cubs kind of augment their catching depth. Obviously, the August waiver system uh, is no more. Um, they do feel good about Victor Caratini. They like Taylor Davis maybe more than uh, the outside world uh, would expect. So, yeah, no doubt it's kind of after the All-Star break, getting back to Wrigley, you know, things had started to pick up. They made a, lot, a flurry of trade deadline moves that I think really helped round out the team. And then uh, to see Wilson get injured again, you know, it's just impossible to play uh, replace uh, an all-star catcher, but the Cubs you know, think they can kind of sort of get by here for the next couple of weeks. They're going to have to. And can you explain what the Cubs are allowed to do in terms of getting a backup catcher after the deadline? Yeah, that's a good question. I was talking to a Cubs person yesterday who was still kind of sorting through it. Obviously, the front office has a better understanding. Um, I think kind of the early read is that uh, a player who had been in the majors during this season cannot be traded, which would uh, eliminate a couple of sort of obvious candidates. But you have someone like Nick Hunley, who's, who's a free agent, uh, Jonathan Lucroy. I'd imagine they wouldn't claim him in the rest of his contract, but if he clears waivers and becomes a free agent... Uh, that I would assume would be an option, uh, kind of on a prorated veterans, you know, minimum salary. Uh, so really, I mean, the bottom line, this is a chance for Victor Caratini to kind of shine. I think he's had a really nice year. He's been blocked, uh, by Wilson, one of the best young catchers, uh, in the game, but they feel like Caratini is a switch hitter. Uh, he knows the pitching staff well. He calls a good game. He can frame. Um, so I think as, as long as he's healthy, you know, that they should be like, okay. Uh, it's just like catching depth is almost like, you know, pitching depth. Like all of a sudden it could just be gone. And that's why uh, in the past they've kind of gone with three catchers in the second half and really made that a priority. And it's just a bit ironic, too, that only three days after trading away Martin Maldonado, this injury to Contreras happens. Yeah, I think that was, they kind of, that move kind of presented itself when Wilson went on the injured list and they wanted that insurance policy in case something happened. I think as, I think the word general manager Jed Hoyer used was kind of clunky to describe the three catcher. Uh, arrangement and they felt like Tony Kemp would add uh, would feel kind of a, a bigger need for them uh, and that they felt okay with Davis and the idea that they could uh, eventually find some more depth uh, in August but you're right it's kind of a fascinating uh, you know Murphy's Law second guess kind of uh, situation. And a lot of people forget that before his injury, Kyle Schwarber came up as a catcher. Is there any possibility he gets some innings behind the plate? Uh, I doubt it. I actually thought about that today, like if he would be an emergency type catcher, but I don't think the Cubs are uh, would be too eager or too comfortable uh, with that idea at this point. 
And while we're on the topic of injuries, do you have any updates on Brandon Morrow, Pedro Strope, or Daniel Descalso? So I believe uh, should be starting a rehab assignment uh, probably at Iowa in the next couple of days. Uh, Morrow, I think, is just one of those things where, you know, the Cubs are not really counting on this to happen. He'll continue uh, his throwing program. Ideally, he'll get out to a minor league affiliate uh, at some point, but he's obviously kind of running out of time and if he has one more setback then there's no chance of him showing up so they went into this trade deadline uh not banking on you know moral helping out in the late innings uh certainly you know if he's healthy and if he checks all the boxes and makes it back they'll they'd love to kind of unleash him uh it's just really hard when you look at all the injuries throughout his career and how long uh, this recovery is taken from elbow surgery. The fact that it has already been, he's already been set back. Um, but yeah, I think it, it would be a really cool story if he somehow just showed up in late September and, you know, saved a game for them or won a game for them or something like that. It's just hard to really, um, like I said, bank on that. Yeah, it's definitely hard to put confidence in him returning since he's been injured pretty much his entire tenure with the Cubs. And, this current Cubs team has been just baffling to so many people. They look like World Series contenders when they play at Wrigley Field, and they look like a last-place team on the road. What do you think the biggest factor in those atrocious splits are? I think it's some of the flaws in the roster that I think they've worked to remedy, whether it's the back end of the bullpen with the signing of Kimbrell or adding uh, a hitter like Nick Castellanos to bring some energy to give the opponent uh, a different look to get on base, to hustle out of the box. Uh, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, as Joe Madden has said, there, se- there seemed to be this like mental block about playing in St. Louis and beating the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. I mean, they've, they've obviously gotten that, but they've become you know this team that's won huge games on the road they're playoff tested so uh you know if you take a couple of those one-run games uh and change those back um that record might look pretty different yeah i agree with you there and another question mark that's kind of been surrounding this team is second base and center field it seems like with uh, nick castellanos being added to the outfield hayward is going to be that center fielder down the stretch but how do you see the, the second base question mark settling? Uh, I don't know if it's going to settle uh, for the rest of the year. I think uh, Madden will continue to mix and match. Uh, he'll hope that someone gets hot. You know, you look at righty-lefty stuff, who who uh, is a better bet against a certain type of pitcher. Uh if Addison Russell does come back at some point, I think he would be kind of that late game defensive replacement to play alongside Javi Baez. Um, I wouldn't count on this either because um, he probably would profile more like an outfielder, but Ben Zovers has obviously been playing uh, at South Bend and the expectation is that he should be on track as kind of like a September call-up to 
diversify the lineup. You know, he could get at bats at, at second. So I think that's kind of an area where the Cubs didn't expect to have to go out and acquire a guy like Tony Kemp. They had all these different options, but obviously they haven't quite. Uh, it hasn't quite come together. I know I saw Ian Happ was out at Wrigley on Sunday morning doing extra work at second base. Uh, they acquired Kemp for a reason. They want his contact skills and speed uh, in the lineup, so he'll certainly get an opportunity. Uh, you know, David Bodie has been in that mix as well. So there's really, um, I don't know if they have too many options or no options, but it'll be kind of that mix and max, match approach again. And you mentioned Addison Russell. Do you think he's played his last game as a Cub? No, I think he, he'll probably be back uh, in September um, for those reasons I outlined as a, as a late-game defense replacement. The fact that he's the only kind of like true backup shortstop option should something happen to Javier Baez, who obviously plays uh, extremely hard every single day. So I think what you're getting at is probably more of an off season question. Like, do I think they'll tender him another contract after this? Probably not. Um, but I do think there's probably a path for him getting back to Wrigley, uh, for kind of a limited role, uh, down the stretch here. Gotcha. And you, you mentioned the off season. Do you think uh, Joe Madden will get extended or a new contract over the off season, or do you think this is his last year as the manager of the Cubs? Uh, you know, I think that's to be determined. Um, you know, I think it's it's kind of crazy to say, but it's gotten to that point where um, by not giving him that contract extension, I think said more than kind of said it all here, you know, that if – you know, if they get to the NLCS and play the Dodgers hard in in a seven game series, like does he come back? You know, I don't know. I mean, if they are one and done in a wild card game, I think it's really hard to see him coming back. That's not necessarily my opinion. I think it's just kind of reading uh, the tea leaves here. Even though he's been, you know, like the best manager in franchise history, even though he continues to be one of the best managers uh, in the game. I think it's pretty obvious that there's been frustration at some of these recurring issues we've seen um, on offense, uh, some of the player development issues at the big league level, and it wouldn't be surprising if you know Theo and Jed say something like, you know, this has kind of run its course, we need a new voice, new message. I don't think that is necessarily the right move, but the way it lines up now, I think you know it's kind of like you know, he's, he's got to win to get a chance for that uh, next contract in Chicago. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't necessarily think um, moving on from Joe Madden is the right move. Like you said, he's been one of the best managers in the game and probably the best in Cubs history over these last four to five years. I mean, he's averaging much over 90 wins. I believe it's 96 or 97 per year. And beyond the, the managerial question mark, what do you think this winter will look like for the Cubs? That's a great question. I've kind of started to try and think about that. And everything is so, uh, you know, day to day, there's these huge swings in momentum and emotion 
that's hard to get into that off-season evaluation mode, but I think it would start with the Madden decision. Um, clearly, uh, you know, I think Addison Russell's time um, is probably just about up in Chicago. Uh, I think some of the issues we saw at the trade deadline in terms of the marketability of some of these younger players is still, um, you know, questionable what the Cubs could kind of get for these guys. Uh, The Cubs have a new TV network that they're launching next year that in theory uh, could bring more resources to the table for baseball operations. Uh, Interesting decision on Cole Hamels could be – a free agent, they're going to have to kind of remodel their, their bullpen. Although Kimbrel, the Kimbrel signing kind of addressed, you know, one need before we got to the winter meeting. So uh, I think it could be, uh, you know, a big off season of change, but at the same time, you still have these core elements that you know are going to be in place. You know, uh, a lineup built around Rizzo and Javi and Contreras, uh, Kyle Hendricks and John Lester kind of, and if you Darvish keeps this up, anchoring the rotation uh, and Kimbrel in the bullpen um, is a pretty good place to start. Yeah, in addition to that, the way Jason Hayward has played this year, he seems to be kind of penciled into the future as well. No doubt. And so what do you think would be more likely this offseason or beyond, extending Chris Bryant or extending Javier Baez? Wow. Um, I would probably lean toward Javi, but I think both of those players are the type that you should want to build around. That if you have Agreed. Um, this new TV network, if you have kind of the Lester contract coming off the books, you'd be kind of towards the tail end of the Hayward, Darvish contracts. Um, they'll both be relatively young. I mean, it's, it's obviously hard to see them doing deals for both, but if any team could, it should be uh, the Cubs. I think you don't close off that possibility until they sign somewhere else as free agents. I think you go for it in 2020 and, and 2021 try to win another World Series, and then kind of reassess your options. I think there's going to be a new collective bargaining agreement after the 2021 season as well. So it's kind of hard to picture that, but I think the bottom line is that they're both uh, players you want to build around. They seem to enjoy uh, playing in Chicago and appreciate the chance to perform uh, at Wrigley Field. They're they're versatile. They are genuine baseball players, not just people who are kind of athletic and, and skilled at it. That they they understand it. They process the game uh, the right way, and they've given you you know zero off the field uh, issues at Cub, as Cubs. So um, easy for me to say because I don't have to come up with the whatever you know six hundred million dollars it would take to sign both of them, or however hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> but. Uh, we'll see where kind of the labor market goes, where the free agent um, kind of meters are set here, because it's been this retrenching, uh, as you've seen uh, over the last couple winters here, that makes it a lot 
harder to predict now. I agree with you there. And Patrick, I've got a few more questions for you before we let you go. Um, the first one is, do you think the Cubs win the NL Central? They've built a one-and-a-half game lead over the Cardinals and a four-game lead over the Brewers. So what's your take on how this division will shake up? I sort of think they're still the best bet to win the division. I really like their rotation. Uh, if Darvish keeps pitching like this and if Hamill stays healthy, um, you know, I think you know every day they have a decent – chance to win they have experience i i have a hard time believing they'll be like the worst team on the road all year long but um they've certainly gone this far as being terrible uh road team and like i said i did i did like the deadline moves i thought they were you know sort of quiet but made a lot of sense without giving up too much um and I, i just feel like they're in a pretty good place right now but that's coming off a weekend sweep the brewers if we had talked a couple days ago after almost getting no hit at bush stadium the tone would be a lot different and i imagine this a series is going to be very difficult this week and then obviously they got a three city road trip coming up uh, after that too yeah the, the schedule definitely does not get easier for these cubs so i wonder who is the cubs x factor down the stretch is it darvish or is it somebody else that's a good question. I, I would, normally the default answer would be Darvish, but you know he's pitched you know as well as he ever has as a Cub, and the Cubs haven't uh, pulled away yet. But he's probably a good bet for the rotation. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see how Castellanos does over the next two months. Like you said, Jason Hayward's willingness to play center and hit leadoff um, it definitely changes the dynamics as well and you know these are not long-term x factors but it will be really interesting to see if you know zobris gets a huge hit or moral like i said gets some big outs you know down the stretch and we're saying you know this is why you know the cubs miss these guys all all these months now and my final question for you patrick is fill in the blank the cubs win the world series if Uh, the Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> I think that's a really, really, really long answer that involves lots of injuries to the Dodgers and, you know, the Yankees kind of and Astros falling apart. I think realistically watching this team, uh, I think they're good enough to win the division. Um, I think they're good enough. to. I know anything can happen in October, but. Uh, I'm going to need to see a lot more over the next two months before I can, you know, with a straight face, uh, complete that sentence. I mean, there's a a ton of talent on paper. We've seen it uh, in flashes, certainly uh, at at Wrigley Field. But I think at this point, it's got to be kind of uh, finishing off this division race here and then uh, resetting. Yeah, I agree. I think there definitely is more to see from this Cubs team. And if any of you listening wants to see more of the Cubs, I know a great place that you can watch them. Coach's Bar and Grill at 6169 North Northwest Highway. They've got great ownership and great food over there made by the neighborhood for the neighborhood. And for now, I'd like to say thank you to Patrick for joining us today. It meant a lot, Patrick. Anytime. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, hope we can have you on soon, but for now, that's all the time we have. 
Thank you all for listening and coming to the Cubs Corner.